let me tell you something. You're smart. You're funny. You're fun. You're beautiful. And I'm going to continue to sabotage any attempts you make to find companionship for the rest of my life. And even if I die, I'm going to come back as a ghost and also do embarrassing pranks that actually aren't funny because we have this underlying current of tension that's actually sort of, well, I don't want to be like Crystal and say words like, let's just say it's the opposite of light. Um, oh my God, I FaceTimed him again. I'll FaceTime him forever. Welcome back to another episode of Cake and Kombucha, the Bravo, Bravo, effing Bravo reboot. It is me, Simwa, your host, Kalechi Azier, here to talk all things Bravo. Um, before we get into this, should I even go here? Uh, I said I wasn't going to do any more current events on this podcast, but I think we all knew that was a lie. So I'm just going to dive in and say that kind of exemplary or exemplifying the reason I didn't want to do any more, you know, just plain unstructured social commentary like I did with the original pod three years ago is because I'm just very disappointed in the state of the world and some of our cognitive abilities. So um, Kiki Palmer has filed a restraining order against her boyfriend, um, the father of her children, or her child rather, and um, the... The uh, allegations are horrific. I mean, the the he has been physically abusive to her for two years, um, controlling, love bombing, threatening to hurt himself if she leaves, um, throwing her a lot by her neck. Things that are uh, you probably didn't sign on here to listen to, so I won't even go into detail. But the thing that bothers me is just I don't know. Was it a month or two ago? There was this robust online conversation because everything now is like about debating and debating both sides as if both sides of something are always valid. And there was this robust conversation online, this discourse on Twitter and the interwebs about how this, I don't even know what word to call him, but how Darius Jackson, um, he tweeted angrily after Kiki Palmer went to Usher's Vegas residency in a sheer like some designer maybe Gucci or something like that a sheer dress with these little like baby doll polka dot. what are those type of polka dots called something dots there's some whimsical name for them but it had like a bodysuit underneath you know that's what the girls are doing right now and then Usher always goes to the VIP section of every one of his shows Pint picks up a lady and if there's someone famous there that's going to make it go viral and be more publicity for the show, obviously he goes to them. So he saw Kiki Palmer. He grabbed her. They danced around. He serenaded her. She sang a little bit, too. I mean, it was just a like wonderful, you know, little flirtatious two artists. Um, it's like not a new concept to be serenaded at, uh, you know, an R&B show or like whatever crooner, whatever genre you like. And I guess we'll kind of see something that mirrors that in this episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, like for most healthy relationships, it's not a big deal for a performer to like put you in their show and involve you in some sort of, you know, showmanship, you know, make you a showman like Erica, especially when most of them are gay, which is something that men should probably learn pretty soon about about most people that they feel threatened by who have six packs of any kind, really. 
Anyway, originally he just like tweeted her outfit, like a picture of her basically, and wrote, it's the outfit though, you a mom. And they dragged him, rightfully so, because I mean, why would you tweet something like that about your partner? That's absolutely insane. Like you live with them. If you don't like something they're wearing, I mean, there's whole conversation to get into about that, but like, it was just so weird to try to publicly humiliate this woman for wearing a trend that everybody's wearing right now. I have a mesh uh, dress, the see-through with underlay. I mean, and she's also a celebrity who was famous for so long before you that, and celebrities, you know, wear wacky stuff. You know, there's a no pants trend happening right now. Like it was just odd. And so then, he doubled down. He tweeted, We live in a generation where a man of the family doesn't want the wife and mother to his kids to showcase booty cheeks to please others, and he gets told how much of a hater he is. This is my family and my representation. I have standards and morals to what I believe. I rest my case. Okay, so there's lots to unpack here. I mean, obviously, like, he's dumb. That's one. Um, he's not her husband. They're not married. It's not your house. And the internet just went ablaze. And I'm gonna try to keep this as concise as I can for me. So you know that might mean anything. The internet went crazy. Discourse, discourse, discourse. We know there's this whole man versus woman um, thing happening online, especially in black Twitter. And it was like, what do you think? Like, does a man have the right to talk about like, how a woman should dress? And And those of us that tried to point out that this seems dangerous this seems odd this is not this is indicative of a lot of very negative you know red flags that are indicators of abuse like trying to control what someone wears trying to embarrass them things like that trying to sabotage them you know she's a performer she makes her bag collabing and stuff so for you to like get mad she's performing and doing the thing that she does. It's very much, you know, like, I will cripple you financially, like all that stuff. The red flags are there. And then I don't really tweet anymore um, because of just this kind of like negativity. And like me, honestly, I get really panicked, like, oh no, but I have to make you understand this because I can't believe that there are people walking around in the world as dumb as you and that affects my safety more. So I don't I didn't tweet, but the ones I read, you know, people that basically tweet a lot of things that I agree with, like Kimberly Nicole Foster. Um, I agree with her a lot of aspects. I, I know there's a hate train on her and I I literally don't know why. She has just tweeted today, we tried to tell you that this was abusive and that was a red flag, and you told us that we were bitter and lonely and single. She's not even single. <laughs> but that's always the retort, right? So my two lessons, I think, are this. Number one, trust your instincts. Don't let anybody um, gaslight you into thinking you don't know your left foot from your right foot. Um, and I guess I'm only speaking to those of you that actually possess discernment. So again, if you thought Monica's mother was in the right for come with me to the bathroom, come with me to the bathroom, come with me to the bathroom, then I guess I'm not speaking to you. You don't possess good judgment. You should probably go against what you normally think. But for everyone else, <laughs> pew, 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 shots fired. For everything else, trust what you know. I've done enough reading. I have been in emotionally, you know, manipulative, controlling relationships when I was in my 20s, which a lot of women have. 
And men have too. Oh, my dog sneezed. Bless you, girl. You know, I've done a lot of reading. I read about a lot of things that I'm interested in. And I just like, I know the signs of abuse at this point in my life. I, I, girl, what's going on? Bless you. I know people who've lived this. Um, I knew the writing was on the wall for that. And I just feel like sometimes you can really get baited into negotiating things that you know, you know? But like, I knew that it was very bad and bizarre. And I knew that like, there's so many levels between feeling uncomfortable, feeling jealous, feeling threatened, feeling all of those things, and tweeting about your partner who's a public figure to start a scandal that's picked up by like every media, you know, online media magazine and entity. It's it's absolutely just, I think we kind of like, we love mess. I love mess, hello, I, it's a Bravo podcast, you know? So I think sometimes, you know, we're kind of excited that something messy happened. And then we just, we just kind of start analyzing it and, and really stripping away a lot of the details. I guess it is kind of like a meta theatrical point. But one of the most important points of that was, we are not supposed to be privy to this conversation. And the fact that we are privy to it is actually part of the abuse that's happening. Okay, so that's one point. Just like, don't let people tell you, I don't know, it's probably fine. It's not fine. Secondly, the patriarchy is not a game. Okay, and what I mean by that is we have a lot of dumb discussions about dumb traditions that come from thousands year old books. And it's kind of like we have the traditions, we know they're outmoded, and so we have to now work backwards and have all these like uh, these t- discourses to try to justify it. Like, do you think the man should be the head of the household? Why, why would that even be a question? Pretend you just came to planet Earth and you're an alien and there's a species, a new species that you meet. And they're like, one has a little dangly bits and the other one has, a, you know, a flower bit. You don't immediately think as an alien, you're not immediately like, Well, the one with the dangly bits is clearly more smart, more capable, and it's just obvious that they're not equal, so he will lead things. No, you'd be like, there are two adult species, two two different sexes in this species, and when they put their parts together, they reproduce to create another one, and then that's it. And then everything else you would just learn as you go. Because there's literally no inherent reason that men should be in charge of things. I think a lot of things that are going on in the world would tell us that but we just spend so much time trying to justify these things and look for evidence afterwards that we already have kind of gotten let go of because like if you really follow everything to its logical conclusion if you really want to be in that world then we women shouldn't vote and we shouldn't be able to do anything because like if we can't think and make decisions then we we should just go back the way that we were i just feel like sometimes we we treat things like they're just um debates and thought experiments and fun, you know, and prov- and uh, thought provoking or just provoking, like to be annoying. And I think that we understand that this is not funny with racism. If you think back to 2020, which I refer to a lot because it's a huge paradigm shift. Gosh, yeah, I haven't had the pod in three years. I mean, everything changed. Like you started, black women started getting acting auditions all the time and like, 
I mean, there's just like a lot of cultural changes that were for the better. And then, of course, there's the backlash against it that always happens with progress. But people kind of did a little like, let me catch up with the times. And even if I'm still, you know, racist inside, I know I can't do this, this and this thing. And it, and, it, and it changed my daily experience of life for the better. There being like a general consensus that this and this and this kind of thing is inappropriate. It, I get less microaggressions, which is funny because like I have a neighbor who I think he's trying to be nice, but he says old, he's European and there's just like old school, like 90s racism comments I'm not expecting. Like akin to like, did you ride on like a tiger in Nigeria type deal? <laughs> and like, I just... I almost am just like, oh my god, that's so charming. Like, it's vintage. Like, I'm at the racism thrift shop. Anyway, with all that change came a discourse around who has the burden of responsibility to explain things, and should I, as the oppressed person, always be telling you about what you should go do to fix things, or should you fix things yourself, et cetera, et cetera. And I think it also trickled into the into a really kind of coming down on another staple from you know my youth which was the you know i'm just asking questions i'm just asking hard questions you know that meme of the white guy that says well actually uh so it, it just kind of became known that asking hypothetical questions that are racist isn't cool it's racist i haven't seen that happen with gender i'm seeing really ignorant questions asked and conversations being held and it's called opinions. And I really find it heavily concerning that we can't come to a general consensus about what is sexist and about what is, you know, and, the, and we're still like, do you believe in feminism? These conversations about who's running things, he's the man of the household. He has a right to, you know, want his house a certain way. And I don't know, I'm going to just let my man lead me. Like the like Sutton stupid matchmaker said. Um, this is this is the result of that. This is what it means. If you think someone's in charge and someone can tell you what to do and someone can tell you what to wear, then they can also terrorize you, imprison you in your home, beat you up. They own you. Like you can't have one without the other because the logic it's like it's like the there is a foundation of thought that these men have of why they can do things and what they can do. You know the tactics. There may be different variations in in the manipulation tactics that they use. But if you're having a debate about whether men should be allowed to like say what women can wear, and a good woman dresses like this, and once you're a wife, you have to cover up just because. Da 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 da. You believe that men own women, maybe a little bit, maybe not all the way. I'm just begging to like, people need to interrogate their beliefs about this because this is how it comes out. So the guy that thought he had a right, you know, he's calling her his wife. It's not his wife. He claimed her, he's had a baby with her. So he owns her, he owns her image and he get, and now it's like a reflection of him and blah, blah, blah. And yes, of course, in a, in a healthy relationship, if something makes you uncomfortable, you can tell your partner. It doesn't mean they have to do it, but like, I'm not saying that there's never any space to ask your partner to wear something different or, or express how you feel about it. They can say no, but I think we know that deep down, deep down inside, but that's not what it, it's like. Who should run the household? Who should make the rules? Duh, 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 duh. I don't know. In a household, I want my man to lead. Lead you the fuck where? 
Lee, how many square feet is your house? You need to be led? You need a trail of gingerbread crumbs around your house to find things? What are you talking about? Okay? And I say this as someone who would happily, happily waiting to meet my one Dixon. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm happily waiting to meet, you know, someone who I actually, I, I like, well, do I? Hmm. I don't know. I do like, I, I think I like guys that are like way smarter than me. Um, and I like to like want to be able to learn something from you. I want to feel like you're super competent and that I could, you know, just leave things to you if I wanted to. That's nice. But that doesn't, you know, like that's not the same thing as like whoever I meet that has a dick is going to come take my personal, take control of my personal finances and just like I hand them the keys to everything. I'm like, okay, bye. Like even Heavenly on Married to Medicine, it's like, daddy, daddy. She does whatever the fuck she wants. She, she, she goes and ruins shit. She wrecks shit. And then she goes back to him and it's like, daddy, I don't know why everyone's mad at me that I told her that she ain't shit and her mama ain't shit, daddy. And then he's like, babe, don't do that. And she's like, okay, it's an act. It's their rapport. She has a job. She's a dentist. And she has a wig store. And she does what she wants, okay? Anyway, that's my reality TV tie-in for that. But I just, yeah, I just, it really bothers me because these conversations have become so regular. And then there's this whole counterculture now of people saying offensive things to be shocking and people making their whole living like that horrible potato-faced girl, uh, just Pearl, just Pearl things, who doesn't believe any of the things she's saying, like blatantly, like you can find clips of her saying the opposite and just saying that she makes, you know, offensive videos for clout, but it reaches young people. I mean, it's a, it's a huge problem right now. Like if you don't have teenagers or you're not like online a lot and you're not tracking, you're not following the things that are happening with social media and how the messages that are getting across to to kids, it's actually like quite scary. And I'm clearly, you know me, I'm clearly not talking about like, oh my God, the satanic panic, like they're going to learn what what sex is. Like, no, 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 no. Like they're being radicalized. And so, yeah, it's just like a weird time. And that's why I had to like back up off the Twitter stuff. But yeah, I just, I think it's important to think about. And um, I just feel very sad for Kiki because she's like actually in danger. There's a high correlation with men, you know, men who try to strangle you um, have the highest incidence of, of actually um, unaliving their partners. And it's really, really scary, these allegations. that And so, and, and she's been living in torture for two years and it just brings up questions of like, what kind of duress did she have her baby under? Like, it's a lot, it's a lot. And I'm just mad at the internet. I'm just mad, I'm mad. Not that it was preventable by us, but it's certainly just uh, preventable for us to like swallow bullshit like it's entertainment. So yeah, th- that's just what's on my mind heavy is like patriarchy isn't cute um, to like pick and choose from. It- it's actually based on men being superior. And if if then, you know, if then clause, if they are superior, then they can do whatever they want to women. Okay, episode three, which was called It's Not About the Pants, which if, if you know is a callback to It's Not About the Pasta Lala. So this episode was kind of mid- it kind of had like two climactic parts to it. Um, it starts out with everyone around the table eating breakfast. 
pretending they're going to eat any of it. And then they're like, let's get ready to go. And then like Garcelle comes in in a very like forced moment and is like, I'm ready to go downstairs and meet some men. But first we need to have a dating intervention. And, and they're like, what? Who? And everyone looks at Sutton because she's the only other single person at the table. So it's not really like a hard process of elimination. You don't have to know anything about her dating patterns. Um, and so they start talking about how, you know, Sutton only gets a, a first date, not a second date. And then, you know, they start ripping apart her tactics and they're like, what happened with this other good day? And da, da, da. And then Dorit's like, wait, wait, honey. I need to understand what's going on. Is it a good date or is it a good date? And then <laughs> with the confessional, Sutton describes this date. She's like, it was one of the most best, my favorite dates I've ever been on. It was so romantic and erotic. He came over to my apartment and I let him inside. Um, we played backgammon while we were sitting 25 feet apart. Actually, Avi was in the middle of us, crouched on the ground, um, you putting a tray on his head and, and, using, and that was our table. And then we, um, we kind of stood on either side of of the glass in, in my in my bathroom in the shower and we put our mouths up to it and said mm, we made kiss no just kidding she literally said we he came over we spoke we played backgammon that was her best date what's going on every time i turn around you really want us to believe you're 125 years old why is that your hobby, backgammon? When is the last time that was in fashion? Anyway, then she said, well, she asked him to go to the ABT gala black tie in New York. I mean, I don't really know if that's that off-putting. Like if it's like, it's not tricking if you got it, you know, if you, if she's dating people on her level, they can just fly across the country for a black tie event for fun. And, um, it doesn't necessarily mean anything. Uh, yeah, like I honestly think people really focus on the monetary value of dates a lot, but maybe that's an effort thing. I don't know. Anyway, everyone freaked out. But then she also, she had a tweet, not a tweet, a text saying that she liked some guy's triceps. Your triceps look good. And everyone was like disgusted, like your triceps. Guys, do you know what a tricep is? Because it's like a really hard muscle to get definition in. And like... I mean, it's not easy. It's an impressive feat. And I actually think that is a compliment that a man would like, um, if, especially if he lifts weights. So again, don't get your advice from married people on dating who haven't dated in years. You know, you're, one person is, hasn't dated in 27, 25 years. And before that, she was married too. The other one, did Crystal just say she was married? She got married when she was 18? I, I don't know. Crystal said she'd been married for, for like... Or no, when she was 20, rather. She's not... I keep thinking she's closer to my age. Um, Crystal got married when she was 20. She's married for 20 years. And then Dorit, eight years. But come on. Like, you know Dorit doesn't know how to go on dates. Like, she would just talk endlessly. And then the person will probably have, like, left. And she wouldn't notice. She'd be sitting at the table by herself talking about her bronzer or something. So, yeah, they made a... They were trying to make moments. Moving on. So everyone gets dressed to go to... Uh, Magic Mike show. Um, 
Kyle and Dorit help each other put on their own makeup and you would just think they were like doing differential equations. And then Crystal has glam that makes her look like nothing happened and more boring than her like natural beautiful face without makeup. Like they they straightened her hair, stick straight, they took all the volume out of it. And then she's wearing this like the dark green velvet jumpsuit with very like modest cutouts they're not like really showing much and it looks black on camera so it just looked like she was going to like show choir performance or you know a piano recital or like a christmas like a christmas tree lighting um you know and i know her style is conservative but i still think there's a way to do it like I would almost want to see her and like, I think Jenna Lyons could like help her out because if you're going to just be, if you want to do simple, there's just a way to do it. And that was a big miss for me. But, you know, she brought her glam and the lady, everyone was like, oh my God, she brought her glam. And I was like, it's condescending after a point. It's her fucking birthday. Like, relax. Like you weren't, I don't think they were on a birthday trip for her last year. So like, yeah, she brought her glam because it's a special occasion to her. She doesn't have to wake up and put shellac her face every day like y'all do. So relax with the like, oh my God, Crystal doesn't have glam. Crystal does have glam. Anyway, so let's just go to Magic Mike. So they get to Magic Mike. Um, Oh no, it is important to note that this whole motif about wearing pants to the show because you're going to be on the stage and people will see your panties. Um... So that keeps coming up. So Sutton, I don't want to like come for anyone's business. Yeah, I don't want to come for her business, but you do wonder like, should she be selling clothes in a boutique sometimes? I hate to say it. I I, like, I want to, I guess I think of her more as a curator of sorts, you know, like I'm going to get this wacky dress with big, you know, 3D flowers attached to it and you know, like quirky, uh, what's, I don't know what's the other word I wanted to say, shintzy, maybe, things, and sure, be a collector, but for styling, I don't know that she has the eye for it, I don't ever recall her clothes to be very well fitted to her, I don't recall them, um, evening out her proportions of, like, being so, so skinny on the bottom, like, I think sometimes she looks like she's swimming in them, I don't see necessarily shoe choices that like flatter her her tiny legs like I don't know I'm like can you actually dress yourself because this shirt she was wearing was this glitter blouse with um like a sheer like a flesh tone underlay it looks like something that my grandma had my grandma was like super chic so not shadily saying that but it just looked like you know when you're like a woman of status and you put on like a fancy sparkle blouse it was like that and then she put on these giant oversized white swishy pants. It's not the move. And so she just kept saying, I wore pants, I wore pants. And she has a big giant stack of ones. This will be important later. So they get to the show and at first everyone's having a good time. I have to say the group dance numbers looked really unimpressive that I saw. So first I was a little skeptical because I the only like male review I've seen was the thunder and down under in Vegas. And let me tell you, it is hard to get turned on 
when you are watching people not be in sync on their counts of eight. That's what I'll say. Now, maybe, maybe that's just me, but I need you guys to tighten it up. I need you guys to look like you've had a rehearsal or two because I'm distracted now. Um, so, but I did get called up on stage for that show. Actually, there was a fake orgasm contest. I won because I'm competitive. And then we got to meet the cast afterwards. Also mostly gay. So anyway, yeah, Magic Mike looked very mid, but then, then I might, you know, what piqued my interest was when, um, one of those, a, a black gentleman, one of, one of them, um, took off all of his clothes and just was holding a hat over his groin. And then I was like, okay, we're getting somewhere. We're getting somewhere. Then it actually looked like it was a great show. I mean, it was just campy and there was like people on silks, like spinning in the air. <laughs> like there's just a lot going on. And then the guys came up to the row that the ladies were sitting in the VIP section and one of the actors comes up and says, do you want to come down on stage? So they bring, who are the first two people? Oh, Crystal. They bring Crystal on, on stage first, you know, give her a lap dance. They're just like rubbing all over her. It's really funny. She's screaming. She's enjoying it. And it's just, it's just fun. And, and like, you know, Dorit screaming, Garcelle screaming, Everyone's like, oh my God, it's, it's just fun. It's like one of those, like, watch your friend be embarrassed in a fun way, not in a toxic Kyle way, in a fun way. Then they go get um, Erica at the same time as Crystal. And Erica has famously, you know, she, she brought the latex out again. So she's, you know, dressed in latex. She's dressed like she's, you know, part of the show because she is in her mind. She's the greatest showman. And they take her down to the stage and they're just doing like, I don't know if that is the side of the stage that is choreographed to always do that, but <laughs> you know, he has her like on the ground and you know, he, he was going to like open her legs and like mime fellatio. And instead like she just like whips her legs flat on the ground. Like she's very flexible. And then while he's like doing his little, like humping the floor, like body roll thing with his head near her crotch, She's like, has her head up in the air. She's like, oh yeah, yeah, do it, baby, yeah. I mean, yeah, go, go, a towel. And it's, you know, she's clearly living. She feels like she's in the show too, which, you know, she's got to take it where she can get it. You know, her other Vegas show was, the tickets were $7. So, so the mood changes. And instead of Sutton being like, Sutton says prior to this moment, I wore pants for fucking nothing. <laughs> she says to Garcelle. And then she just gets so upset and starts covering her face when um, Erica's like has a man's face in her crotch and da da da. And she's just getting like, like so agitated. And then suddenly she stands up and storms out and she's like, no, I don't have friends that do this. I'm, I'm the board of the ABT. Okay. You're on the board of American Ballet Theater. What do you think dancers be doing? I don't know if y'all know, but like in musical theater, the guys are heavily gay. Dancers, um, quite as it's kept, lots of them are straight. Fucking, that's what dancers be doing, okay? Fucking, there's a, there are a lot of hot people and they fuck each other, okay, Sutton? So I don't I don't know what, what's so high and mighty about the ABT. She's straight up like, I wanna be with you. There's nothing more to say. She's like, I'm gonna lose my spot at center stage. Okay, I'm not gonna get to choreograph my, my final piece. Like, girl, what are you talking about? So she really just sits down and 
she's like cursing. She's like, it's like she's about to cry. And she's really, ah, just the head, watching the head in, in the crotch, just watching the head in the crotch. That pissed me off, actually. I started to get really angry at her because, A, I don't like when people act like, you know, sex is like going to violently harm you somehow. I think it's back to that whole thing of, that I was talking about, like, all of these, what it, what it means to be a lady and the patriarchy, da, 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 like, it's all like not on a, on a solid firm foundation that makes me feel safe or makes any of us safe really to do what the fuck we want as women. And secondly, you're mad at, at, at mimed fellatio, but you don't mind men rubbing their crotch on you. Like I was like, are you like, that's kind of self-hating. Okay. Like that's self-hating. Now I, I just, I was not pleased with this. I, I was like, be more direct is what is the problem that you think Erica is just showing out and you think it's annoying and she's getting on your nerves because she's like kind of making, you know, she's like, I'm a performer. Yeah. And this is, this is what we do. We pat the puss. Like, is that the problem? What's the problem? I wanted more from this moment. Like it was a mysterious breakdown, which, you know, we love, we love a sudden breakdown. We do. Garcelle gets up and goes, to the bathroom with her and you know she's like well I mean you didn't have to stomp out she's like you guys followed me out why did you follow me out da, 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 da. I mean so eventually Kyle goes on stage gets whipped cream licked off of her which is hilarious and she's another ham Kyle's another ham you know splits ponytails I secretly loved the ponytail uh twirling that she does and she it's funny you know it's like it's funny there's just it's what Vegas shows are it's like a lot of ladies and most of them married or whatever, having a good time, you know, getting loose. It's subversive. We don't have, like, you can't go down the street in a downtown of a major city and just find like male strip clubs aimed at heterosexual women. Like it's a rare thing and it should be celebrated and it's fun and it's Vegas. It's good life. So eventually Kyle comes out. Um, she's heavily antagonizing Sutton, like to her face, like, are you sure you're just not mad that you wear pants? Are you sure you're not mad that you wear pants and you didn't get selected to go down there? And in her confessional, she says, like, Sutton's just clearly mad. She's, she feels like she wasn't one of the cool girls. Sutton's just making all these contradictions. She's like, no, I mean, <laughs> actually, it was really funny. Kyle came in. I was like, what's wrong? And they're sitting on the bench outside the bathroom, Garcelle and Sutton. And, Sutton, and then Sutton's like, or I think Garcelle explains, you know, well, Sun's not happy with the show or what just happened. And Kyle's like, she's just made like a Lucille ball. Like, she's like, I won't be happy. What just happened to me? She's got like whipped cream licked off of me, which she was so proud to say, just like her pride over the tattoo, just being a rebel out here, breaking rules. My name is Kyle and I break the rules. And so she... (laughs) She just keeps poking at Sutton, poking at Sutton. Sutton's like, would you stop saying it without the, about the pants? Da, 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 da. Why did you, no one asked you to come and, and you're just inserting yourself into conversations. And then Kyle's like, you're being a bitch. And then she's like, you're being a bitch. So they call each other bitches. But I, their bickering is funny to me. And then they get in the car and they apologize to each other. Well, I'm sorry, I called you a bitch. I'm sorry, you called you a bitch. And then um, the, the other ladies come out. Um, what I did think was a little inflammatory was... Garcelle said, tell them we're going to the car. You're going to the car. And then Kyle, Kyle texts, son's upset. Everyone, we're leaving. Like, that's 
it's not the same thing. And Erica's like, I'm not coming. I'm staying till the end of the show. And I think Erica and Dorit, yeah, Erica and Dorit stayed. Crystal left. Crystal's like, we got to go. Oh, no, no. Crystal took and Dorit left. Dorit was reticent to go, but she went. Then Erica stayed. Then they come out. Erica comes out and is like, what the hell is going on now? Like, what's the problem? And she lets, she doesn't like rage. She doesn't, by the way, Erica doesn't rage. She gives like monologues like, nah, 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 nah. like they, they always gas her up. Like she's so scary. So I think it's like really funny when they're like, oh my God, this is not the Erica we know. It kind of is like she doesn't, sometimes she doesn't give a fuck. Then she snaps like once you know, originally she would snap like once a season. So Sudden says it was the face and the crotch. It was too much, you know. And Erica's like, it's Vegas. It's fun. It was my friend's show. So it was rude to like leave and the whole row was empty. And I have to say, as a performer, I'm like enraged. Like that's so rude. Everyone can, we can fucking see you in the audience. Okay. There's like a misconception that because it's some somewhat dark in the audience that people on stage can't see you or that like, we are just completely in this other dimension and like don't see anything that's happening in the audience. We can't like read the text messages you're texting or something, but we see if a bunch of people get up and then there's like a row that's empty that's this prominent featured row, which had like, by the way, it had like lime green armchairs. So it was like plush armchair seats that were there. Cause I don't, what was the vibe? Was it supposed to be that house, that mansion with the strip show where, in the movie where um, Jada Pinkett was the like maitre d'. I don't know what that design theme was in there. But anyway, it's super rude. And so it's always ironic to have a panic attack about, you know, you know, f- mimed fellatio on stage and your manners and the ABT. But then, which I think Erica or, or Dorit actually probably pointed out. So you're like, oh my God, I'm on the board of a, of a f- world-renowned uh, performing organization and but this is the type of patron of the arts I am that I would get up during a show and leave and make a scene like that's like the rudest thing you could do so I didn't like that um but then everyone's like oh my god Erica's not that mad yet I think like she's gonna get mad next week is what was alluded to so they kind of left that there sudden tied it up with a bow too nicely for me like if you're gonna rage and I'm gonna see it in the preview I want you to go all the way there I want you to tell Erica that she's a whore and not a child of God and that the, and that and the God ain't in her. I want, I want more tea. I want tears. I want, yeah, I want more. I want a lot more. So leaving that there, we'll probably dive back into it later. I'm sure like they're, Kyle's going to tease her some more about the pants, the pants, the pants. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but Kyle's confessionals were funny this episode. They're like, um, she brought a stack of ones to put in their, pants like what do you think she doesn't know what goes on at a strip club I mean you can also make it rain on people or make it rain on the stage and like I the sudden seems like the type that would go to drag shows with like Avi so maybe she is not exactly sticking things in people's waistbands usually but whatever she was really excited about the show she knew what it was it doesn't make any sense okay so moving on we're just gonna jump to the end of the episode so they went to a really boring dinner And it kind of reminded me of when I was on tour. Um, I was on tour with a Broadway show for several years. I've probably already said what it was in the past. I don't know. It's like really easy to look up my, it's like public knowledge, my resume, but I'm like, I'm about to be like candidly shady. And at this point it's like, 
my friends, I still, I'm still friends with you. We'll be friends for the rest of our lives. Other, other people, thanks for the microaggressions, some of you. So, but even without any like negative or positive aspects, you just get sick of being with the same people all the time. And so when I saw that they like had that really annoying experience at the show and then they're like at a private dining room together somewhere, it just reminded me of like touring around the country with people and doing every single attraction, like every fun thing. Like you were like with a group and just being like, and I just would look and sometimes be like, what the fuck am I supposed to talk about with you tonight? Like, why? Why are we always in a private dining room? I just want to like look at other faces and like engage. So anyway, they're all in this private dining room and kind of, you know, in kind of like reflecting the sentiment I'm saying, having a contrived conversation. And so... Garcelle brings up that she's going to go see her son. I don't, I don't like her son. Um, that's the one who was making out with Raquel Oliver. He works at um, Lisa Vanderpump's restaurant on the Strip, Paris. In, in the, her restaurant's not Paris, but it's inside of the Paris uh, Casino Hotel. Um, would you believe that the theme is Paris? <laughs> and so it looks like Paris inside. Um, I want to go to her restaurant there, unironically. I, I do want to go. But um, I told him a little tacky. So Oliver, Olivier, whatever his name is, um, they talked about like how he's doing well. And then Garcelle just, I don't know. I mean, not Garcelle, Dorit. I don't know why she had to say anything, but she's like, well, Garcelle, it seems like he's had a trial. He's had been through some things. And you did a great job, like whatever, just some fluff. And Garcelle did have this like quizzical look on her face, like, mm. but actually, I think her facial expression started when Sutton like brought up, you're seeing your son. So Sutton brought it up and Garcelle kind of like was giving like, I don't want to talk about this at all. So boom, the end of the episode there, you know, Garcelle comes in and is like, um, I have to say I was kind of uncomfortable or I felt disingenuine when I was talking to you about my kids because of everything that happened last year. And I like, I kind of don't really want to talk about my kids with you. And I don't know if your intentions, I'm not comfortable talking about my family with you. And I don't know, you know, if your intentions are good. And I don't even know if she said intentions are good. It's something to that effect. But the point is, Dorit goes off on her, and I'm pissed at this point. Dorit does not talk to anyone else the way she talks to Garcelle. Her eyes, she gets neck involved. She was like, well, that was a year ago, Garcelle. Excuse me, bitch? Hello? Are you kidding me right now? You who has multiple non-near-death experiences that half of them are your fault and you have such PTSD that you can't have a janky surprise from your husband at the... You can't go dress up like a prostitute for your anniversary surprise because you want to know where your kids are, but, like, you were supposed to be at lunch anyway, so why the fuck would your kid... Like, what's go... Oh, my God. Enraging. Enraging. I'm all. I'm always gonna get mad when someone tells someone else how to feel and how to process their feelings. But it was so out of pocket. And then Garcelle's like, "Oh, by the way, if you don't remember why Garcelle feels that way, it's because of last season when the nice, the sweet twin, um, Erica, told him to shut the fuck up, and then was kind of like hitting on. She was hitting on Oliver, who's an adult. And then like Jax came up. She's like, "Shut the get the fuck out of here." <laughs> okay here's the thing it was funny it wasn't not funny but I don't have kids and that's not my friend's kid so I can laugh 
But even as I laugh, I understand that when you're a kid, that's not funny to the kid. Like, kids feel really weird about adults. They want their approval and slash, you know, they get nervous. And you can't tell, like, a 14-year-old, go fuck fuck yourself. Like, that's abusive. And (laughs) that's what happened, though. And then Mauricio, who's always high and, like, come on, like, do things he say really make sense? But Kyle was, had, um... Kyle had Dorit and Pikai over. And so it's Kyle, Mauricio, Dorit, Pikai last year. And they're sitting in the living room and Kyle's like, oh my God, Erica, she told Dorit, I mean, she told Garcelle's son to like, go fuck off. You fuck yourself or fuck off. And then Mauricio's like, I think it's great that she's, I think it's great that she said that. Pikai says, she tries to fuck the first one. And then the second one, she tells them to fuck off. It's like Animal House. And Dorit's like, oh my God. <laughs> like laughing very much in the vein of eagle woman. My husband can't stop putting his foot in his mouth. That that tease. And that was the, then like Garcelle brought up that that bothered her. She got her apology, um, but it was still like, you know, why is my kid being treated differently than your kids? If anyone ever said anything, like, could you imagine? I saw a tweet today that said, if anyone ever did anything mean to Portia, Kyle would simply pass away. She would die. She would. She's fucking obsessed. So it, it was, it's just, it's just like, yeah, the double standard is double standarding. Um, so that was that whole drama. And then, like, of course, Garcelle had all these bots going after her son, calling them, like, half-breed, nignogs, you know, et cetera. All, you know, all the racism that's another great reason to stop using Twitter or ugh, the artist formerly known as Twitter. So that's the context for that. I'm, I'm sure most of you know that. And anyway, back to this present day. So that's the backstory to why Garcelle is... Oh, also, it's not even as long ago for her as it is for us. Like, it's last year, but at the time of filming, she said something like it was like a couple weeks ago or da-da-da. Like, oh, she got a, she got an apology like a couple weeks before. So this is still something that's being like interrogated between them. But instead, Dorit gets so angry and tries to shut it all down. And Garcelle said, well, now I feel like I can't say how I feel because I feel like you want me to apologize to you. Cause you're so upset and hurt by me, by how how I feel, and then Dorit says, "Oh, please, Garcelle, don't turn this around on me. Don't turn around, turning around on you. Don't turn around, you turning around on her. What? It was crazy." And she's like, "It's hurtful to say you don't trust someone with their children. It's hurtful, and it makes me angry. She, like what?" Like, literally, there was, like, a darkness in Dorit's eyes. Like, I've never seen her this mad. What's go- what the fuck is going on? And who the fuck are you talking to? It was just, like, inexplicable anger. And I just cannot figure out why the they do Garcelle like this. I mean, of course I can figure out. What am I even saying? But, like... It's, it's really crazy. Like the, if her first season, it's like, you don't open up, you don't open up. And now she opens up and she says things that are like, you know, I don't think she's like the amazing housewife, if I'm honest, but she says things that are like, you know, controversial enough and coming from an earnest place. You know, she's, it, it's like 
Sometimes she says things that she could have kept to herself that bothered her. And that's great because that's how fights start. And that's what we want to see. So she's doing her job and you're enraged. But in this time, like she's doing her job and you actually did something wrong. Like, I don't know why you think. And so they literally had to and like Sutton, because that's her homie, Sutton stood up for her and was like, okay, well, sometimes people need time to process apologies. And just because there's an apology doesn't mean that, you know, it doesn't take time for everything to like for that person to work through their feelings. It was gross. And then Garcelle gets up and like in tears and is like, I don't know why you guys can't just like listen to me or like, and then she just walks out. So that's how that episode ended. Um, I'm disgusted. It's so, it is so interesting how some people's feelings are valid and some people's aren't. Some people's tears are valid and some people's aren't. Crystal's discomfort is not valid. Garcelle's discomfort is not valid. If a mosquito lands on Kyle's ear lobe, we need to go like launch the U.S. Navy to to do mission uh, mosquito. It's really frustrating and honestly a little triggering. Like you really just start to reflect on how you have to carry yourself and and your own you know composure as a black woman and just phrasing things so delicately and having an outsized reaction like that. And then I'm seeing on, on Twitter, which yes, I toxically went back on. I, I will look at a, a real housewives hashtag every now and then, but I'm, you know, I'm seeing people saying, why doesn't Garcelle need to just tell her off one good time? And, and it's, but it's sad because it's not that type of show. You know, we know these ladies in Beverly Hills can't handle the mildest of shade. And so, you know, because if you think about the conflict on Beverly Hills, it's usually not fighting. It's usually a lot of like crime. I mean, yes, fighting was like Brandy Glanville era. But if you think about the conflict in recent years, it's like crying. You know, it's like someone said something about someone behind their back off camera and I'm going to cry and I'm a victim. There's not that just direct like pop, 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 pop. I'm going to read you down. I'm going to read you down, which is like, you know, like Potomac. Can't go all the way off. And like cuss them out in Crayola or something because then she's an angry black woman. But Dorit can actually tell someone to their face, I am angry that you said you feel feelings about me laughing at your kid getting cussed out because it was 12 months ago. I'm angry at you. What the fuck? Like, it kind of just, it, ugh. I heard... Um, I was listening to Watch What Crappens and Ray Sani was on the show and she made a great point about the whole Ramona <laughs> finally getting finally getting censured at work for like 20 years of wild behavior. And she said, that's a contract that we make as a black woman. You watch these shows. You very well know in your head like who is like for you and who is against you when the camera's off. I mean, you can just assume most people are against you, but like, you're not watching thinking like, oh my God, this person is not racist. You know, they're racist. It's just sometimes they're crazy and it's entertaining. So in my, in my like enjoyment of things and my, you know, desire to like have fun, I forgot the crazy shit Dorit said like last year or the year before that, which, um, they were having one of their whole, you know, this is our conversation about racism thing because now we've allowed you know we've desegregated these casts and to read have the nerve to say oh no my kids are not 
No, they can't be. We have we have people, all kinds of people. We have brown people working in the house. Dorit literally said with a straight face that her kids can't be racist because they have black servants and therefore they like know black people. What an insane statement. But that's, she said it. So like, it just begs the question, how do you divorce? How am I to divorce that from you treating me with a little extra like, ah, ah, you want to get at me more than any, everyone else does or more than you do with anyone else? How do I negate that? And like, that's such an interesting thing about being a minority. It's like, I have to just get along with you, even though I know you like you said some wild shit to me and I got to let it go. And then now I get to put the pieces together later and try to figure out if that has to do with why you're treating me crazy, like you want to get popped in your mouth, but but I can't do it because my hands are tied. That, yeah, it's it's a bitch. It's a bitch. Um, but I mean, if you ever want to know why Garcelle keeps to herself and keeps to Sutton and like, it's it's just like you, you got to choose your friend and invest in that friendship because other people do not necessarily have your back even if they pretend that they do so on that positive note i'm gonna leave this pod here i hope that you enjoyed it i hope that no one is like super icked out by my like sniffles because i, the, I took the covid vaccine and I, i'm trying to find the words to describe everything that i've been going through um hell i think that's what i think that's what it is literally it gives me covid every time this was the worst of the bunch so you know two days of fever chills fever chills night sweats full body aching then i have the rare symptom that my lymph node under the armpit that i got um, my lymph node under the arm that i got the shot is so swollen that i can't i can't i can't put my arm down and then the pain travels up your neck i'm stiff on one side like everything is fucked nasal drip asthma I had to take my inhaler so yeah i had like all the covid symptoms one could have and it's still raining through me um but i just want to get this out to you i'm trying so hard to catch up to the current drop so that i can have these out like the next day after the show airs and that's why i'm probably not going to edit out um the sniffles i'm not gonna go back and edit much of this so if this has been the messiest podcast you've heard from me i apologize I apologize. I'm sorry, but I do love you. Okay, bye. Cake and Kombucha, a Bravo Bravo fucking Bravo production is written. It's, it's literally not written. I don't know why I said that. It's hosted, edited, produced by yours truly, Kalechi Aza. Please go to Apple and rate and review us five stars so that we can show up on people's searches, so we can get more listeners, so that I can get you more content because I love to make you content. And if you're one of our original listeners and reality TV just isn't your jam, I'm going to be starting a Patreon and I will share that information so that I can... I have the opportunity to make some content that directly speaks to something that you would love to hear about. And until that happens, just please keep downloading. So, then we can get those downloading numbers, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs>